Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Well, we're continuing our series first. And uh, we have committed and we've challenged you to commit to put God first before anything else. To, be, to put God's kingdom and to put him first in our life before we turn to anything else. Let's read the scripture together. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Well, today we're going to actually experience a communication, a spiritual communication tool. Do you know what that is? A spiritual communication tool. It's prayer, yes. Prayer. Prayer is a tool that God allows us to have so that we can communicate with him. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about how we can put him first by using that spiritual communication tool of prayer. So we're going to change it up a little bit today. You already noticed that. Uh, we're going to take our tithes and offering at the very end for those of you that uh, do something to get ready or prepared for that. You can, you can get that ready. We'll do that, that at the very end of the service. We're not going to have any announcements today. We're just going to experience together God's Holy Spirit in a, in a new and, and fantastic way. You know, um, prayer has great significance. And so I went to the concordance of my Bible, my favorite Bible, and I, uh, it's one, it's not on my phone, my favorite one I can hold in my hand, it's kind of big. I went to the back and I looked at the concordance and I just began to count how many times, now this is, was an NIV and so it may be different in different versions, but I counted how many times prayer was mentioned in the Bible and I counted 108 times. So it's very significant and it's a way that God gives us to communicate with him. Some of you may know Oswald Chambers. He wrote one of the, uh, um, it's kind of deep, but at the same time, it really takes you to, to start your day off well. It's called My Utmost for His Highest. It's a devotional book. Many of you use that for your devotions. But Oswald Chambers said this. He said that prayer is a way that God is nourished inside of us. Now, many of us think that prayer is a way for us to go to God and petition him and tell him that's the things that we want and the things that we want him to do in our life and how we'd like him to do that. But that's not at all the spirit and the idea of what prayer is in the New Testament. The purpose of prayer, Oswald Chambers says this, the purpose of prayer, and it really spurred my, my thinking, and, and it says that we may get to know God better that we can know his heart. You know, you can look at a person and not really know them. You can look at me or you can look at Buddy and you can draw all kinds of conclusions about us. We do that with people all the time. But you know, you're really not gonna know us. You're not gonna know my heart until you spend some time with me and you see what I weep over. Or you see, and that's exactly what God, see, God gets a bad rap sometimes because people get an idea and they put them in, uh, in their picture of their own minds. It's what we do as people. We project our own thinking onto other people. And God gets that kind of identity from people. And it's not the way he is at all. And he wants us to communicate with him because when we communicate with him, we will learn to know him better. And we'll begin to hear his heart. And we'll see that he's not at all what we may have learned that he was or what somebody else told us he was. We will learn to know him for who he is because he wants us to be able to connect with him. Can you imagine that? Being able to connect with the, the king of the universe? And we do that through Jesus Christ. He wants us through prayer to know his heart and to know him better. So here's how we're going to begin this. In your program, there is an envelope and there is a card. And at the top of that card, I think it's maybe in the envelope, and uh, it says first prayer. And here's what we're going to do. I'd like you to take that, take your pen. Now, there's no pressure in this. If you don't want to do this, you don't have to. It's, it's just something uh, if, you're, if you want to do this. This is for no one to see but you and God. We will not see this at all. But would you take that card and would you write on that card what your, what your very first prayer would be for 2015? 
What would be at the top of your list, the number one prayer? Now, the band did this last night. I did it. I got to have uh, time to think about this. You don't as much. But what comes to your mind as this is the, what I want to see from God this year? Would you write that on your card? And then take the envelope and write your address if, if you want to. Uh, write your address on the outside of the card. Now, I know the card says address on the card, but uh, you don't need to write it there. Just write it on the outside of the envelope. And when you write your prayer your 2015 prayer, number one prayer, on that card, say a little prayer. Stick it in that envelope, seal it, and then we're going to, at the next song, have you bring that up. You'll have a little time to write that down. We'll have you bring that up. And then later in uh, the year, we're going to mail that back to you, and you'll probably have forgotten that you were even in this service. But when you get that card back, it'll be a reminder and you'll be, begin to see where you are with God. And who knows what God wants to do with that card? I don't know. You don't know. But let's just take our eyes off of what we expect God to do through, through our own eyes and just allow God to be God and do what, what he does. Now, if you're watching online, and I have to look at the camera on this. If you're watching online, you can do this as well. You can uh, email your... Um, your prayer to Alicia at Salem Fields. Now, she is mine and Buddy's uh, um, executive assistant, and it will remain confidential with her. And uh, you can participate if you're online as well. If you're out in the cafe, uh, you guys can go ahead and do that as well. But this is just a way that we can kind of go to God and see what he wants to do in our life. So as we, uh, as we worship with this next song, Go ahead and write that down. When you're finished, just bring it up and put it on the front of the stage. Took my 
so much, Lord, God, for your Holy Spirit, Lord. Your presence is here amongst us, God. God, there are so many prayers upon this stage, God. God, desires, hopes, God, desires for change, for healing. God, and I just pray, Lord, that, that every single prayer that we've lifted up to you, Father, that this will be the year, God, that as we seek your kingdom first, as we put our faith and our trust in you, God, that we will see these prayers take root, God. God, and produce fruit, Father, because we've surrendered to you, because we've put our faith and trust in you, God. Above all else, no matter what our circumstances are, God. God, and we are believing and praying in faith, God, that you will move like never before. And God, as we are one body, God, one church just seeking your face, God, to put you first and to seek your kingdom first this year, God. God, I pray that we will be unified in that cause, that, that we will see revival break out in this place like never before, that we will see lives transform like never before, because we have sought you, God, above all else. For that is why we have breath in our lungs. That is why we are here, God. God, so I lift all these prayers up to you. I lift all these people up to you, God. God, and I pray that you will move and speak in such a mighty way as we seek you, God, and we praise you. In your sweet, precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Now, God always answers prayer. It's just that sometimes he answers no, sometimes he answers yes, and sometimes he answers wait. So could we all, and at any time you can bring your cards up, we're kind of uh, it's, that's okay how you do that today. But uh, could we just remove all of our uh, ideas about how God is supposed to work in our life and allow God to be God and allow him to do whatever and give him permission to do whatever. And as we do that, we will begin to know him better. We'll begin to, to see how he works in our life and we'll begin to hear his heart. And we'll draw closer to him. Now, there's lots of different ways that you can pray. There are different forms. There are different postures. There are different places. Now, when I was a child, uh, I grew up in a church that was kind of uh, um, traditional, I guess. And uh, I would have to sit with my parents in a service like this. And I thought it was the most boring thing I had ever heard. Uh, I would play little things in the bulletin and that whole thing. 
Uh, but one thing I remember is that when they called us to pray, everybody would stand up, turn around, and kneel at their, at their chair. And I remember many times kneeling when we were all together like this. And I got to tell you, kneeling is probably my favorite way to pray. Before I, my feet hit the ground in the morning, I hit my knees. And I've got a little place, I think, worn down, two little spots right beside my bed where I give everything. I just kind of dump on God. I just say, God, you, you've got this day. Would you keep me in the safety of your wings? Would you protect my family? And I, and I kind of, the first thing I say, though, is I surrender my life to you today, and I submit to your authority in my life today, Holy Spirit. Would you take the, so that's just my favorite way of praying. You may not do that or ever do that again. It's just as a child, I just kind of learned that, and there's some power for me in that. You could pray uh, as you're sitting there. You could pray under your breath. You could pray in your car. You can actually pray in your, on your commute. Imagine that. You could actually be praying as you're listening to someone else talk to you. I don't know what your posture or your place might be to pray, but it can be anywhere. There's no right or wrong way to pray. There just isn't. But together here, when we come together collectively and we're in his presence, there's no other place, no combinations of people that are the same ever. And God always wants to do something different among us. And when we come together, we're in his presence. And you can pray there silently in your seat. Or you can come to the altar and it's open throughout this service. Or you can go in your Bible. I had someone talk to me uh, after the last service and they said, when you said, da, 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 I went to my, my, my phone and I looked up, da, 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 and we had a conversation about it. You can do that. You can have a, a Bible app. It, you know what? God just wants you to know him better and to communicate with him with that spiritual communication tool that he gives us. It's simply our way of knowing his heart. Now, Buddy and I have been talking to you, all of us. We've seen it in the e-news, and it's been a big deal. We've been talking about first revival, and we've been asking you to prioritize your time and make that week first. And it's really exciting as I talk to people and they say, you know what, somebody told me last night, he said, after 6.02, he said, I've never been to a revival before and we're going to try to make every service because every one of those are going to be different and people have said, everyone's going to be different, does that mean I'm going to miss some? Well, uh, yes, everyone, Lane Loman has been fasting and praying about this gathering of meetings that we're having, and he said he wants to do a different message each time. So each time, there's going to be a newness and a freshness, and we can watch what God does. So we're asking you to prioritize your time. Make that first in the month of January. Make this revival first. A revival is just kind of a time where we all come together collectively through a planned series of meetings here at Salem Fields. That's what that is. But revival is so much more than just coming together. It means a spiritual awakening. And it begins first in our own hearts. That's where it starts. When we seek the kingdom of God, when Jesus came, he said, I'm going to set up a different kingdom. It's not going to be with guns and might. It's going to be in the heart's of people. So if we're seeking his kingdom, we understand that revival begins in our own heart personally. You know, it's so easy to just kind of slip away, isn't it? It is for me. You know, sometimes we're here on a Sunday morning and by the time Sunday evening comes, we can't even remember what we heard this morning. It's easy. We're just human. That happens to us. It's easy to slip away. It's easy to become apathetic and kind of like, oh, I've heard that before. I've seen that before. And it's easy to lose our first love, as Buddy talked about last week, and that we need to put our first love back first. It's easy. But a personal spiritual revival is an experience. It's not a lot of head knowledge. It is an experience that begins in our heart personally. And then we begin to respond to a still, small voice. 
that speaks to us. You see, when every single one of us were born, Christ placed some grace in us that would woo us toward him. And through the course of our life, we tend to become apathetic, we turn away, and that voice becomes less and less. But when we allow ourselves to move forward and engage and push away all the distractions, you see, distractions are there to get you off focus of the Holy Spirit. I walked yesterday and I determined, you know, I nor normally have my, my earbuds in and I listen to music and I commune with God and I love my walk, but I decided yesterday I was going to take those earbuds out and I was going to walk with all the distractions and I was going to uh, discipline myself to focus on God because it's my job, it is your job to push away the distractions. There will be a hundred distractions here just this morning. And those distractions serve the purpose of getting you off focus of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, of his kingdom. So it's not my job. It's not the band's job. It's our job personally to push away the distractions. So as I walked through my community, man, there were children playing over here and there were people waving over here and there were cars coming towards me. Distractions all over the place. And I said, it is my job to focus on you, God, because I wanted to prepare my heart for this weekend. And I wanted to commune with God. And so I pushed all of those distractions aside. And before I knew it, I was back home. And I had been with God. And all the same distractions were there. But I had spent time with God. So in a time like this, it's your response when you hear that child sniffle or you hear that person next to you want to hold their hands and they're wiping their nose. That's a distraction. <laughs> it's your job to push those away. See, because the enemy wants to get you distracted on something where you won't experience God and learn to know his heart better. We sang that song, Search My Heart. That was a personal prayer of David. David was a man after God's own heart, and he struggled in life, but God chose him. But here's what he did when he prayed that prayer, this prayer that we're going to pray together. He said, God, I give you permission to show me whatever it is in my heart that's not pleasing to you. I give you permission to do that. Would you pray those words, the same prayer that David prayed thousands of years ago, we can pray here today. And with a sincere and open heart, God can do amazing things. Let's pray it together. Search me, O God, and know my heart, test my thoughts, point out and lead me along the path of everlasting. And see, when we're sincere and when we're open to God, he'll show us. He'll show us that attitude that stinks. He'll show us those words that we spewed when we know we really shouldn't have and they hurt somebody. He'll show us that negative attitude that we allow to brew and don't allow him to capture our thoughts and stop them. He'll show us. He's faithful. It's just whether or not you're willing to see that. But here's the good news. When he shows that to us, he's provided a way for us to give that to him and to ask him to come into our lives and to purify us because in, in 1 John 1, 9, let's read this together. It's a great promise and it's our hope. Let's read this together. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to see the ugly in me in order to receive what he has for me. And so, I don't know what he wants to do in, in you this morning, but we have great opportunity for personal, spiritual revival. Because when we allow it, his love and his grace and his forgiveness will flow through us out into the world. And it will change everything. So would you allow him this morning to show you? Would you be willing to confess whatever it is, to admit whatever it is that he shows you that's standing in the way? 
Maybe you've been really critical of other people and it's been easy for you to point your finger at others. But Jesus says clearly, take a look at the, own, the speck in your own eye or the log in your own eye before you try to get the speck out of someone else's. So maybe that needs to be confessed. I don't know what it is. That's between you and God. But let's stand together and let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts as we worship Him in spirit and in truth. Every hour I 
sing that out. Lord, I need you. Heavenly Father, we have confessed, we have lifted our voices to you, God. We say, search our hearts. We desire a spiritual awakening. Would you bring that to us, God? We put you first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Oh, my, my. Is it wonderful? to together experience what only God can do when we're together. Even at home last night after I was eating at Vinny's, I got a, I got a text from a student at James Madison University. And she said, I was watching the service and I could sense God's presence here in Harrisonburg. God is moving in ways that we can't even imagine. When we experience a personal spiritual awakening, it means that we're choosing to place our trust in him first. That no matter what the situation is in our life and the turmoil that's going on all around us, the conflict that we may have, no matter about those people in our lives that just grate on the last nerve, it's not about that. It's about what happens in our heart and choosing to trust him no matter what's going on around us. But remember this, a loving God will discipline us. And sometimes when he shows us those things and, and allowing him to tear those things away from our lives, it hurts. That's discipline because discipline is love. And I hope that you're disciplining your children and not punishing your children because God does not punish. He disciplines. Disciplines means that we teach, that we learn. Punishment means shame. And so God disciplines us because he loves us so much that he knows those things that are standing in the way are destroying us. And so he wants us to have those out of our lives. And faith and trust are like a muscle. You know that, right? Some of you go to the gym and work out. I probably will never, ever do that. But faith and trust is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. The deeper into God's mysteries that you go. When you push those distractions out, and you go deeper with him, we learn to know God better. We begin to hear his heart. We begin to sense the warmth of his love. We begin to see his grace in his life. When the whole world is judging us, he's there to love us and hold us in his hands. We learn to know him better. We learn to know God's heart. That's the purpose of this communication tool with him. Praying for spiritual awakening can result in God's love and God's power and God's grace to flow through us. I, I had something recently, and I just read it as I was going out the door, and it changed me. It said, rejoice for what God has done in you, and his glory will simply flow through. We don't have to worry about telling the whole world they need to do this or they need to do that or they need to be this. All we need to do is rejoice in what God has done in us. And his love and his grace and his mercy will flow out into the world as a result of that. When we put him first. And it'll sweep over our lives and it'll sweep into our homes and into our children. And they'll turn around and they'll say, what's happening here? Because they'll see something different and, and into our church and over our church and, and our community and our world. 
You know that throughout history, even during some of the darkest days in our world, there have been spiritual awakenings. No matter how much evil there is in the world, the fire of the Holy Spirit will never be extinguished. But we have to do our part. His fire is there, it's ready, and it's waiting, and it's willing. But the spark that will ignite the fire of God, do you know what that is? It's a surrendered heart. It's a humble heart. It's a, it's a heart that will connect to God and learn to know him for who he is, not for what the world tells us or what someone else told us. It's when we connect to him together as his body and personally. In 1734, God used Jonathan Edwards to, to speak, he, to spark the first great awakening. And here's what he said all the way back then. He said, so it is God's will that the prayers of his saints shall be the great and the principal means of carrying on the designs of Christ's kingdom in the world. Well, listen to this. When God has something to accomplish for his church, it is with his will that there should precede it the, the extraordinary prayer of his people. That's not something we just do intellectually. That's an experience that we have with him. You know, revival, spiritual awakening, what happened among us? As we seek him first, as we put him first, and as we choose to push out the distractions that try to get us off track of experiencing his spirit. And it's exciting to go deeper into the mysteries, the unknown mysteries of God in our own heart. But first, it has to happen in our own hearts, and then it has to come together as the body of Christ. So during this next song, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. For anybody that's willing, you don't have to do this, but for anybody that's willing to come together as the body of Christ and come forward here so that after this song, Buddy can pray for us. And we can determine that together we are going to be a mighty army for God. Divided, you conquer. Together, we stand. We need to be in unity. Our hearts need to be surrendered and humbled, not looking to the left or the right, but looking for the Holy Spirit to do what only God can do. So let's stand together and during this song, if you're willing to, to, as, to be the body of Christ, to come forward up here, and we're just going to pray together.
Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning humbly acknowledging, Father, our absolute, our absolute dependence upon you. Lord, there is nothing that we can do that would make a difference in our lives and the lives of our families without you. So, Lord, we ask you this morning in the name of Jesus to take us deeper, deeper in our love for you, Lord, deeper in our love for ourselves and for one another, God. I pray, O oh God, that your spirit would fall fresh in you upon us, God. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would bring about a revival, a change, a great awakening in our hearts, Lord. Father, I know that in 1734, God, that you brought about a spiritual awakening in our country and around our world. God, I happen to believe that you can do it again. God, I believe you're the same God back then that you are today and that you forever for be God, will be God. And so I'm asking you, Father, on the authority of your word to, Father, do something supernatural in our lives and in our hearts and in our world, God. I pray, Father, that you would do something so deep in us that, God, it would affect us, it would affect our families. Father, it would affect our children, our homes, our workplaces, our community, our state, our nation, and our world, Father. I believe, oh God, call me silly, God, but I believe that, Lord, you could start a revival here that was spread around our world. And God, we so desperately need a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on our country, on our world, on our leaders, Father, on people, God, that are standing in leadership in our country and our world. Father, will you do something, Father, and start and begin in my heart and in the heart of those who are standing here with us this morning in agreement, God, that we want a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit on us, Lord on our children, Father, on our families, our spouses, our brothers, our sisters, our community, our world, Father. God, I just pray for Lane Loman right now, Lord. He's in Florida and he's speaking right now, God. I pray, God, a fresh anointing on him that, that Lord, it won't be just another day or just another message, but, God, it'll be something fresh from you in his heart, in his life. And we're believing for traveling mercies. And, God, we're believing that, you're going to use him in a mighty way, an instrument, a voice, God, that we so desperately need to hear from God. And so, Father, we thank you for those that have chosen to stand here this morning, those who are standing, those who are watching online in the cafe, God. I just pray, God, that you would do something that God is supernatural beyond what we can even expect, think of, or hope to ask you, God, on the authority of your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I just want to say to you, I want to ask you if you will commit this week to just praying and seeking God and asking God to, to just do a brand new work in your life and that he will, do, he will start a great awakening here at Salem Fields that I believe that God can spread from here around our world. And it can begin right here in my heart, in your heart, in this community of believers, and can change our world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Say amen. 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 Let's pray and believe that. You know, I, I, people say, why haven't you shaved? The first thing I do every morning after a few other things is shave. I hate to not shave. It worries me to death. I look in the mirror and I say, man, you're ugly enough. Get that off your face. And you know, every time I itch or think about that, I am praying for revival. It reminds me to pray. It reminds me to pray for you, for our church, and for our world. And so whatever you can do to remind yourself to pray, if it's not shaving, if it's being smarter than I am and setting an alarm on your phone two or three times a day, let's just join together and pray, okay? God bless you. Okay, so how many of us have a phone that's really, really smart? <laughs> it can set a little ding for us, even if we're talking to someone else and that ding goes off, we can pray while we're talking to someone else. You can have a seat. We're going to close soon, but uh, as we seek God's kingdom first and we draw close to him, we will see him take care of the second things in our life. You remember Buddy talked about when we put him first, he'll take care of the second things. When we put the second things first, we're kind of on our own. We get it all messed up. 
So here's what we want to do. We just want to offer thanks. Remember, the altar is always open. We're not quite finished yet. His spirit is still here. We have really experienced something together here that's different than has happened throughout the weekend because it's a different mix of people. So we want to give him thanks. We're going to take our tithes and offering. The basket's going to come by. I hope that isn't a distraction for you. Do whatever you need to do to get ready for that. But when the basket, after the basket comes by, and you know, it's a way that we can put him first and be generous, and, and then he shows himself to us even more when that happens. After that goes by, you just feel free to worship, to pray, come forward, stand, lift your hand, whatever. As we come together and give him thanks. You know, right after Matthew 6.33, seek ye first, is 6.34. And here's what it says, and he's, Jesus says this to us. He says, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. There's nothing you can do about that. And, and, and then he gives us a promise. He gives us a promise, and we can thank him together. Let's read this promise and what he asks of us. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now listen. Listen what he's saying. Be anxious. And I want to interrupt you here because this next part is one of the greatest promises you'll ever receive. I rejoice in the Lord because he's done it in me. Let's read it together. And the peace. That's a promise. You take it. You live it. You pray it. You go before him every morning and make him first. And you just watch as you learn to know him better. You watch as you experience his heart. The love that he surrounds you with as you go out into the world that you go out into every day. You just watch for him. And he'll reveal his love and his grace to your heart. So we want to thank him. A thankful heart can change our life. It can make us approach and see everything differently. So let's just lift up our thanks, whether it's through your tithes and offering or a lifted hand or a voice or prayer. We're free to do that here, okay?
Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. You know, we can't even imagine what God wants to do among us. When we experience him like this together, there's nothing like it. I just can't even understand why people want to give this up. I don't know, I could just bask in this for a little longer, but we won't. We'll go out of here, and you know, this is the locker room, right? You're going out into the playing field. That's how it works. And we can't imagine what God wants to do as we surrender our hearts to him personally and humbly and come together as God's children, his body of Christ that he designed that was his idea that we come together and we connect with one another and we learn and grow from one another. We can't just do that relationship with him without having a relationship with one another. It's the way he designed it. We need a spiritual awakening. Would you do as Buddy asked to continue to pray and prepare your hearts? Nobody can do that for you. Only you and only I can push away those distractions that want to get us off track. Will you continue to pray? Surrender your heart? Use that spiritual communication tool that he allows us to have to communicate with the King of kings and the Lord of lords through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Turn to him first. Trust him first. And why not, let's be like that child on Christmas morning, anticipating how we're going to see his spirit move among us and expect him to show up, not in the way that we put in our boxy minds, but let's let God be God. We need to come alive. And when we come alive, the world will see the fire of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to stand together and we're just going to praise and sing and come alive. And then we're going to pray one more prayer and we're going to be out of here. So let's stand together.